0: Ooh. <laughs> Sorry, it's a little loud um, Welcome to a special <coughs> Oxford Skeptics in the Pub um, Hands up who's never been to a Skeptics in the Pub before Ooh, lots uh, You are very, very welcome um, Format tonight is uh, our speaker will speak for about 45 minutes to an hour mm. Then we'll have a little interval And then we'll come back for questions and answers Where well, you can grill him to your heart's content Um, it is my great privilege to introduce our special guest tonight um, all the way from India uh, Sanal Edamaraku I'm on a special trip at this moment travelling across countries talking to people On a special issue that needs attention of the world, the India that is emerging as a new power is quite progressive. We have a wonderful constitution, one of the best, I would always say that I was very proud about the Indian constitution all the time. And a society that is transforming so fast, one could see the transformation of India in your very own eyes if you have been watching this scene for the last 20 years. Not only economic growth and the growing middle class, which is widely seen, but the real transformation, the grassroots where people are coming out from blind beliefs, superstitions, mental slavery, that has been happening in India for the last 20 years. The, the dramatic change that has been happening has been reported all around the world by keen observers uh, for example washington post in an article said india undergoes a silent revolution which is not seen outside the world which is not the economic uh, big changes that are happening but a change in the mindset of india and we have been at it The India that is known now, a a very developing India, fast developing. We have uh, information technology capital of India perhaps in Bangalore with huge offices and most of the offices are international companies. And the information technology has come very well now. The satellites are effectively functioning and uh, telecommunication is very cheap and effective. So many Western countries and corporations have established their offices in India, not only in Bangalore but in Hyderabad. Uh, Mainly the the whole thing became a, a result of the telecommunication revolution that India had. It was intended for a different purpose originally. The rockets and missiles were intended with a, 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 a growing insecurity at one time. But eventually that has been transformed into real telecommunication centers and became very very effective and unbelievable telephone charges for example in India you would be surprised you can call from one side of India and 4000 kilometers away to the other side for a minute for 1 rupee. That would be something like 177th of a pound. Or for one pound you can talk for one hour, ten minutes plus. I mean, across the country. That's the kind of... And, and mobile phones have reached everywhere in India. The fisherman selling the fish or, or, or the the vegetable vendor, the garbage collector, everyone has a mobile phone. Everybody talks through the mobile phone, across the country, talking to far-off homes. It's all unbelievably fast developing in India. Certain international brands are so popular in India, one would sometimes confuse whether it's an Indian brand or not. For example, Nokia. Most of the Indians believe that it's an Indian brand. (laughs) Because Nokia is everywhere. (laughs) And uh, but when we launch a satellite, can you imagine the chief of the Indian Space Research Institute consults an astrologer. When should this be launched? But not only that. It's generally believed that uh, Ganesh, an Indian goat, son of Shiva, who has an elephant f- face, can stop all obstacles if he's pleased. He's called Vikneshwara the one who stops all obstacles. So to please him, any good event has to start with breaking a coconut for making him happy. So when we launch a satellite, a coconut is broken and a prayer is made. And uh, Mathavan Naya, the former chief of Indian Space Research Institute, has been very notorious for making small replicas of uh, the satellites and going to Tirupati temple and deposit it there and make a special prayer. The effort of the scientists and the meticulous work that they have done was not respected but the successes were most of the time given to the auspicious time and the astrologers who decided at the time. So the, the the financial success at one side of India is marvelous. We are really moving into twenty first century, and 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 a growth rate that's sustaining above five. I mean, for for more than ten years now, it's uh, it's amazing. For most of the developed countries, when they have two percent, and very happy about that thing. Eh? India has a, a systematic uh, growth rate which is above five. Uh, percent for, for the last 10 years almost some years it has gone up to 7 but this growth is at one side that's the 21st century of India but on the other side, I show you a picture now, don't be shocked that was taken with my mobile camera just 2 years back at a place namely kathiar in Bihar kathiar is not a small town or anything but it's a district headquarters in Bihar and this is the picture the little baby is brought there by her parents to be blessed by the guru standing on her. The belief is that the guru stands on the child and make a mantra uh, chanted, which give her total immunity against all ailments. It's not only one child. Every day he gets at least 10-20 children stand on. Children don't die, the bones don't break because they are very flexible at this age but it can have a traumatic experience for them. The children scream out of I mean, pain because it is great pressure. Maybe there are damages which, which, is, which are not seen at this moment. When I saw this thing, I tried to mobilize some people to stop it. I felt I would be attacked by people because nobody wanted to See that thing. I've mobilized a television channel and uh, made a live television program in uh, Headlines Today. That's one of the uh, respected English television channels in India. They made a one-hour television program. I was on the right side. Left you see is the anchor of the program. And this uh, guru's uh, act was shown on the television at, at one window. And on the other end, we had a discussion and during the discussion we telephoned the health minister of Bihar and said that look, this is an, an issue concerning misuse of health claims because this guy claims that he could cure people or immunize them and you couldn't take an action on him. It was a live telephone call from the I mean from the live television program He answers, that's on the YouTube, you can hear it He says that, come on, it's a matter of faith You cannot touch it Then we telephoned the parliament member from this place Online, everybody, the entire people who have been viewing the program Have been hearing it He said, it's a tradition Connected with religion That's a local belief You cannot touch it Of course, we didn't stop there We tried to call so many different people. Ultimately, the Child Welfare Department in Delhi interfered and ordered that the guy should be arrested immediately. And he got arrested and we stopped it. (laughs) Here is the medical college, Kathia Medical College, just two kilometers away from here. And in all Indian medical colleges, there is a hospital attached to it. And in all hospitals in India, all government hospitals in India, Immunization to all children are given free of cost. It's a major national campaign. Public health representatives go house to house in search of newborn children and immunization is offered free of cost. It's a big campaign, very successful also. But all the same, two kilometers away, there can be a guru standing on children promising immunization. That's the two different India coexisting. Here is another India, Karnataka. Here babies are brought again for welfare of the family and they are just dipped in hot oil and taken up. It looks amazing that the children don't get burned completely. They scream and cry mainly because the oil is poured there and along with that thing a lot of lime is cut and put in that thing. And the lime boils first and bubbles up. It gives an impression that it's all very hot, but it's not really hot. But parents believe that they are dipping the child in real hot oil and it's not affected because it's a magic that's happening. But sometimes, after some minutes, the oil really gets hot. And there are cases that children got completely the skin torn out and then that's a mistake of the parents, they have done something wrong. Still it happens, it's not stopped. Here is another place, Maharashtra. I'm showing at different places, Bihar, southern Karnataka, this is Western India Maharashtra. It's 60 kilometers away from the capital, the commercial capital of India, Mumbai. Here, in two places, one in a mosque and another in a temple. In both the places, children are thrown down, just drop down. And caught, of course, there is a bedsheet kept down, four people hold at four corners, and the children are just taken fifty meters or at and one place it's seventy-eight meters up and just drop down. And they are caught on the bed sheet. And children would not die, of course. Uh, But, but, uh, lot of uh, experts have already said that this is going to create enormous trauma for the children, and they'll be all throughout their life they'll be afraid of height after this, because it's it's a terrible feeling. So they do it mainly because the parents have uh, wished something and prayed to the local mosque or temple that they should get something, maybe a job, maybe a a problem in the family to be solved. Maybe somebody has to get a wonderful spouse. So once this is uh, the wish is fulfilled, whatever wish they have, it's known as it's a special word they use, mannat, that's the word they use. And if they achieve what they wish, in gratitude, they have to go and drop the child. And uh, not always it's very safe. Two years back, one of the guys who have been holding this uh, bird sheet. By mistake, loosened it. Childer straight away landed with the head hitting and died. We made a big public campaign with this incident. We thought people can be dissuaded going the next year. It was not like that. Next year, there were 10 more people. There are 210 people registered to do this thing, paying money. They pay money to get this service for them. And... uh, some of the television channels have taken it up. Internationally, this was reported. This is from Fox News in USA, and nationally, all the television channels have reported this thing. We have commented upon it and telling that the authorities have to interfere on this matter. This is this stop. This is not a matter of faith. And if it's a matter of faith, also when it comes to violation of the rights of the children, nobody has a, I mean, a right to pursue it further. Religious freedom is something, freedom of faith is something, but you don't have a right to impose your wish and will and do cruelties on children. They have a right that is to be respected as well. That was the position that we took. But it is still continuing. It is not stopped. This is from the, uh, One is from the mosque, that was from the temple and this is from the mosque. Same procedure, doing it in competition in Solapur. But how do we counter it? We try to target the young children of India. Hmm. Uh, As you all know, the average age of an Indian is 22 years. Whereas in UK, it's 45 plus. In Germany, it is 46. In Finland, it is 43. All around Europe, it's above 42 and something less than 47. But in India, because of the enormous fast growth of population, now it's 22 years. And after 10 years, that will be 18 years. So we are g- growing by population. But not only we are growing, when the growth rate is growing. The growth rate is expected to come to a standstill and the growth only is continuing would be at 2020. And maybe 2050, we come to a standstill and then the climb down can begin. Maybe it's faster also, but uh, the the new Indian, very young, are targeted by the rationalist movement. We get sometimes, sometimes we are, I mean, cornered, like I've been now cornered, but we get a lot of support from the government also. For example, the Inspire camps in schools all over India is uh, promoted by the Science and Technology Ministry of India. I'm a resource person for this project. This idea was developed by a group of people, including me. And uh, here is a lecture where I am there, I'm speaking. And uh, students in this school or college are called from so many different schools. And it's a three or four days program. And uh, one of the sessions would be called The Science Behind Miracles. And we are showing children how these miracles are happening how we can explain most of the superstitions that they think very, I mean, serious. But not only explaining that, we train them how to replicate it. And give them a kit free of cost so that they can go and show their parents and neighbors. <laughs> so these are the kind of students. And the whole operation is going on from this small office, namely the Rationalist Center. This is a uh, an office where we have... Uh, one is Rationalist International is working from one floor which goes in so many different languages. There is a bulletin that we publish, known in, uh, its name is Rationalist International bulletin that comes in English, French, German, Spanish, Finnish, now Norwegian is coming, uh, Polish, all these languages but with the support of a lot of volunteers around the world, otherwise it's impossible to do it and uh, and it's free of course and it's a grand team of volunteers working. Also we have a publishing house coming from here, started some years back, uh, we have published something like 3000 titles so far, cheap reprints, inspired by the Thinkers Library of Rationalist Press Association and uh, we produce uh, very popular uh, free thought, skeptical, rationalist, humanist classics from all around the world, for example, not, not only directly free thought classics, for example, uh, Morgan or William Winwood Reed are all translated into Indian languages. Charles Darwin, for example, nobody would think that Darwin would have a big market. So, we thought, for example, everybody is speaking about evolution, but why should we have the original text given to people? Many people said it is difficult, it is a complex language he uses, highly technical, and it is an old uh, English. And even in translation, it cannot come properly. We made a a good uh, evaluation of evolution in the beginning and a post-Darwin progress of the theory of evolution at the end and made an edition and we went with 26 editions of Charles Darwin recently. Ingersoll would have never thought that he is so popular in India now. Bill Cook, a New Zealand rationalist, when he wrote... uh, about the Indian Rationalist Movement, he said about one of his experiences. He went for a conference in Trivandrum, in southern Kerala. He wanted to repair his shoes. It had some problem. So He went to a a person who would repair the shoes, a cobbler, and uh, the guy says, wait a minute, wait a minute, I just finished this paragraph. And uh, he was so curious. What is this? He don't want to work, but he want to read it. And he has seen, and that was a book of Ingersoll. And that's the kind of popularity these books have attained. Of course, that's one of the major income of the organization also. We survey with the book selling. A lot of people visit this small office. Here is Polkats sitting second and addressing a small gathering there. Me on the right side and Inaya on the left-hand side. And Polkats was there in a conference which you organized also. We have organized several conferences with a very broad uh, perspective. What we try to say in India is, you know, uh, we do not have a special skeptic movement in India. There is no, this name is not very popular in India. We do not have a very humanist movement in India. Everything is under the big name rationalism. That is a tradition somehow we got. So, we people know this name very well. So, the rationalist movement takes up all the work that the skeptic movement would do. It would take all the work that the humanist movement would do, or the Freethought movement would do, or atheist movement would do. So we would generally say that everyone on this side of the fence, the people on, on the side of science, scientific temper, uh, I mean rationalists, secularists, humanists, atheists are all in one side. We don't hesitate to shake hands with everybody on this side. On the other side, the bigots, the superstitious people and uh, all, all these people on the other side. That's how we try to see it, a grand division. And we try to make a a cooperation with that. Therefore, we called occasionally some international conferences wherein we invited well-known scientists, uh, skeptics, humanists, freethinkers, atheists, every kind of people on this side of defense. And these are the kind of books we publish. Uh, Bhagavad Gita, a critical study, Quran, a critical study, Upanishads, a critical study, the historicity of Jesus Christ discussed uh, Charles Darwin's Origin of is there and uh, Jim Herrick's uh, book uh, Against the Faith is there 3,000 titles different in languages uh, but uh, that alone does not do anything we have very interesting phenomenon that's happening in different uh, religious centers here is a fire walking in front of a temple this is a very common phenomenon you see in India a fire embers are made And people just chant some holy words and walk through the fire and they are not hurt. And the tradition goes that if you are really faithful and if you are truthful, the fire does not hurt you. The great mythology of Ramayana says that when the whole war was made because Sita was taken away by Ravana, the counter-king, and the war was won and Sita was brought back, there was a rumor that she actually was not really faithful and she had a relation with Ravana in abduction. So Ram insists that she should walk over the fire as per the story. She walks over the fire and unhurt she comes. But still people, there is a rumor around her and he throws her out. That's the story. But fire walking is very popular. Earlier times, if anybody is doubted as a thief, he would be asked to walk over the fire. And if he successfully walk over the fire, he has not done anything. But if he falls down or if he gets burned, he, he is the thief. That has been officially done in some of the Hindu kingdoms up till, I mean, something like 1930s. There are stories. The, the, the technique is so simple. If you keep on walking over the fire embers, it does not hurt you. Because there is no sufficient time to communicate the heat to your feet keep on walking and walking. But you are afraid, if you stop and look back, then you get a, I mean, real heat on your feet. But normally if, if you think that I mean, this fire is going to affect you, if you are not correct, truthful, then you are so afraid and maybe you simply stand there and you really get a burn. And if you know the technique, whatever you do, you can walk over the fire also. And But uh, explaining this is not sufficient sometimes. We have to do it and show it to people. So what we do is, We don't just tell that firewalking is easy and this is how it is done, but when we have uh, large public meetings, sometimes we really make huge fire and ask our our own members to show how it is done. They walk over the fire. Then we encourage people from the audience to walk over the fire. So it's quite easy. Anybody can remove the shoes and walk over the fire and uh, it doesn't hurt, but uh, those are things that can be explained easily. Look at this miracle. 24 September 1994. That was a very special day because that was the biggest miracle in human history. This miracle. Because not, most of the miracles happen in one place. At a temple, at a church, at a, at a worship center. But this miracle happened in millions of places simultaneously. The, this is Ganesh. Uh, On this particular day, anybody who would give a spoonful of milk to Ganesh would be just stung by the deity. When I was told, I said, That's not possible. But I have gone to the temple, local temple near our office. To my surprise, I found that people who are bringing the spoonful of milk, the moment it touches the lips of this deity, it vanishes. Just gone in. The goat simply drinks it. He was very thirsty on that day. <laughs> Everywhere in the country he has been drinking and drinking milk. Milk went out of stock all throughout the country and people were queuing with milk bottles in front of temples to feed the goat. But he seemed, the thirst never ended for quite some time till of course we came and explained it. You know what we did, I could not explain it first. Then I thought... Uh, There should be somewhere that we should find it and we tried with some other statues. I was an ardent uh, uh, supporter of Nehru's ideals. The first Prime Minister of India who was a rationalist, was a very progressive person and from my youth times I had a bust of Nehru on my shelf. So back in my office I just took this bust and uh, I read somewhere that Nehru liked coffee very much. I thought, I mean, why shouldn't we give some coffee to Nehru instead of milk? So I put Nehru on the on a little vessel and pour some coffee over the hat, and in a spoon I gave some coffee to Nehru. Yes, Nehru was drinking coffee. <laughs> Simply van- vanished. Then I didn't have a Gandhi statue, but a neighbor had, and got it, and thought a very interesting thing. You know the famous story that Gandhi, when he was studying in uh, UK, he once ate meat, and the night he heard the God crying in his stomach, and he never ate meat after that. Never, I mean, I I don't think he would ever have drunk even a beer in his life. Uh, But we thought of giving some beer to Gandhi. (laughs) So the Gandhi statue was given some beer in a spoon, and it has drunk the beer also. So then we, we, we understood the mechanism. Any statue, any day, would drink any liquid which provided in a special form. The, the pattern is very simple. You have to pour the liquid first on the statue. That's what we saw in the temple. Then make a spoonful, really full milk. And the moment it touches, the surface tension breaks immediately. And it joins the other part of the liquid. Then it siphons down. And uh, there is another process which is called sort a of psychomotor movement. When you feed a child without you noticing, you tilt your hand like this. Like when you, when you feed the statue or deity, you think that it's drinking. And without you noticing, you tilt it a little bit. That moment, it simply drains over the body. It, it simply flows down the body, and which, when it is covered with a lot of flowers, you don't see it. But even otherwise, also, a white marble statue, when milk goes down, a spoonful of milk goes down. You don't see it. We tested it. Then we used color pigments in milk and test. Then we could see how it is going. So, in the evening television program, we communicated to all friends possible in all states. Everywhere we appeared in television. I was in the national television channel and uh, we have taken a Ganesh statue, given milk with uh, pure milk and then pigmented milk and we have shown it so clearly how it is done. We explained that milk will be drunk by any statue, any day, anywhere. But we have also shown not only Ganesh but we took just a small brick and made a mouth on that thing and gave it. And it was also drinking milk. (laughs) So it it worked very well. But... uh, the thirst of Ganesh ended with that explanation and he did not drink milk the next day. <laughs> so it was, that day we understood that how fast such a miracle can reach out people and how big it can be. It has been everywhere in India. Every Almost every Hindu household who has a prayer room has a Ganesh there. Everybody tried at their home. Every temple people have been queuing. Uh, and uh, by noon in India, uh, it's... Uh, Uh, I mean, uh, it it has been here in the Hindu temples in in UK also, also in um, USA. But meantime, it has stopped there. So, that was one time we understood that a miracle can be so contagious all around the country and also we knew how to stop such a thing. We felt quite powerful that day because quite a handful of rationalists can stop such a big gigantic miracle. (laughs) Also, we go to villages. This is a a kind of program that we do in villages in India. This is me personally there. And uh, this is a reproduction of the holy ash from thin air, which Sathya Sai Baba would do. Sathya Sai Baba is a very famous holy man in India. He's no more now. His trademark miracle would be he would be just moving his hand like this. Then comes a lot of viput, the holy ash. It's nothing but uh, burnt cow dung and perfumed, which is uh, used in temples as a, as a mark of respect and they put it on the forehead. He has a big diary and of course he produced a lot, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and given to people. But we understood how it is done. So he uses small tablets of this compressed cow dung in starch and put in his finger here and that crushes it and gives to people. This was identified, of course, later by televisions. We have also seen. And we not only that we produce this thing. In villages, when we have program, we just give samples of these tablets for them, 10, 15 pieces each, so that they can all do it. And we explain how it is made. Now we have uh, children, maybe ten thousands of children who can produce this kind of holy ash. Anybody can become a satya Sai now. Uh, but it's not very easy to produce such things also because any, everybody knows. Even in the college run by Satya Sai Baba Trust in uh, Bangalore, we have a Rationalist Association unit. There the boys and girls can do this thing. But uh, the, the other India, this is attack of a strange creature in Uttar Pradesh. What all things we have to address sometimes. Imagine... Uh, This is known as Mohnocha. People said that a strange creature is coming in the night and uh, scratching their face and vanishing. And everybody had a little burning mark or scratching mark kind of thing on the face. Nobody could explain what was it. And uh, because of an earlier phenomenon known as monkey man, uh, that was another phenomenon which was very, very, very contagiously spreading all around Delhi. Many people thought that this could be just a mass hysteria. So nobody took it serious. But the actual reason we had to go and study, there was a ball lightning was happening in this area. Ball lightning is a phenomenon. Uh, it's a special kind of lightning, but the, the charged uh, bubble, is a kind of lightning, it floats. When it sees an organic uh, material, it, it's attracted and hits and a kind of uh, uh, toxic uh, or uh, acid kind of things spread there. It can hit on animal, it can hit on human faces and this was in a winter and mainly the face was the open space and it hit there. Mm -hmm. Nothing more than that but we had to... It took a huge uh, toll in in Uttar Pradesh because there were public riots asking police and religious leaders to stop this thing because they thought somebody is doing black magic and uh, the riots was to be stopped and there was a police firing and five people died. That was the level of things. <laughs> this is uh, uh, another major miracle that happened in India in 2006, uh, six, I think. 2006. Here, this is near a Muslim mosque in Mahim in Mumbai. The seawater simply turned sweet. Uh, that was found by some boys who were, who were playing in the beach, and they said the sea water is sweet now. It's no more sore. So, immediately the priest, in, uh, the, 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 uh, the, uh, the person in charge of the darga there, he announced that this is Allah ke karishma, means the, the miracle of Allah. He made a public declaration and called immediately media and said that sea water has turned sweet. And people rushed to collect this water to drink it, collect it in bottles, they have taken it home. I remember uh, I was woken up by a television channel at two o'clock in the night and said, can you explain what is this? I said, I don't have answers for everything. Many people think that I have a ready-made answer for all miracles. (laughs) I said, I do not know what's happening. And they uh, they said, the sea water has turned sweet. And the 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 has announced that it's a miracle. I said, the only thing that I would say is that take a sample of this water, send for chemical analysis. Then only we would understand what it is. And also warn the people not to drink this water because it could be simply industrial wastage or it could be just an emission coming from the seabed. Whatever, we do not know. And with our big effort, nothing was uh, stoppable. Ten thousands of people took this water and they spoke in television that, oh, my stomachache that has been for 20 years has just gone with one drink. And my uncle who was ill for a long time, I was now walking. I mean, a lot, lot of problems are solved suddenly. Uh, but uh, two days later, we got the, the chemical analysis result. The coliform bacteria content in this water was 22,000 more than human tolerance level. That was the first information. Then what, what is this water? Then we found that uh, uh, there is a river, namely Mithi River. It's coming little away from this creek. In the earlier times, the cities have been simply delivering the wastage from toilets into this river, which was going into the off-sea. Now it's all treated in many cities, but small cities are still to go through this. It's still happening in Mithi River. And at least 22 small cities put their whole waste in this river, and that's going into the sea. And... And it was a monsoon season and the water currents changed differently. And this filthy water came to the seashore. Now we know the taste of, I mean, such a filth. (laughs) 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 But uh, the the Persians admitted in hospitals with diarrhea were more than a thousand. And uh, uh, that's at a level where gullible common people are going. This is Times of India, India's top most selling newspaper. The front-page story speaks about a mantra healing center in the government-owned medical college and it was inaugurated by the health minister of uh, Delhi at that time, 2007. Maulana Azad Medical College is owned by the government and uh, in every medical college, as I have earlier told, the... The teachers, the the professors have to uh, give consultation at a certain hour to the patients because it is not detached from the actual patient-doctor relationship. So here the head of the department and professor of Mantra Healing Centre, Janak Sahi, is treating the chief minister of Delhi. The chief minister is sitting there. So after this mantra healing, he got his arthritic problem solved, he said. The the centre was inaugurated by the health minister of Delhi who was a physician, modern physician by himself. And uh, what could we do on such a thing? And uh, we have made a huge public campaign, wrote in newspapers, I mean, we called press conferences, we we tried to mobilize a lot of scientists to counter against this thing. Uh, Quite a big campaign we have built up. And made a big campaign. And the pressure was, mounting pressure was too much that they could not hold it. And in 30 days... They stopped it. But before that, what all he claimed in, in, in this, uh, um, I mean, uh, reports that were coming at that time? One was, he got a special blessing from a guru and that's why he can cure people. And he can he writes a prescription, which is a mantra. So he sees the person, touch and feel the ailment and write a mantra. But if you cannot really bring the patient, you can tell all the problems, And the relative who comes can be touched and still he can write a mantra. And this mantra, the prescription, this time but to be brought to the patient and he should chew it and swallow it. The problem will be solved. He said such rubbish and it was taken damn serious and people started queuing for his consultation. It's closed and it was a big success we had that we closed it down. But two years later I went for the inauguration of the Center for Inquiry one office in uh, United States and morning I was looking at the newspaper I found an advertisement of Janak Sahi in United States. Meantime he migrated to United States as a H-category visa highly efficient, qualified person and he now practices in United States quite successfully and he claims that he has been uh, in a government medical college professor. Now he And most of the clients are not Indian migrants, but the Western people. (laughs) He was the person who inaugurated. He was an ENT surgeon. Uh, uh, Okay, these are uh, one side of problem. The the other India I am trying to tell, I mean show some panorama of India. This is a person who claims that uh, he is not eating food and drinking water but not one or two days, 70 years. That's something like uh, from the outbreak of the Second World War, he stopped eating food and drinking water. And, uh, well, he claimed this thing uh, of late. One of the uh, doctors, a, a neurosurgeon in Stirling Hospital in Allahabad uh, brought him up and said that NASA is studying about him now. And NASA is financing a great project to understand the meditation techniques that he has. Why? Because when astronauts are sent up, it's a big problem, fuel efficiency problem, that they have to take water and food. So if they are taught this meditation technique, one need not take food at all. So it was uh, looked primarily rubbish, and we wrote a letter to the NASA and asked, I mean, why do you support such a thing? They said, we have nothing to do with this thing. It's a, f- it's a false claim and we have not heard about this guy. But <laughs> NASA's thing we could explain and I mean, we could stop, but uh, uh, the right person here is uh, Dr. Govindan He's the director of uh, DIPA. DIPA is the Indian government's, Defence Research Institute and this is Sudhirvi Shah he brought this guy and a huge amount of money was granted by the Defence Research Research Development Department of India to this Sudhirvi Shah to study about uh, study how this person does this meditation not if he does it but how he does it and of course uh, When it was first announced, we have questioned, uh, we have challenged that thing. When it was second time when this was going on, all television channels have been reporting this thing because he made, both of them made press conferences and explained about the great project that they have. And why? The intention was in the great interest of Indian military, of course. Uh, Indian soldiers were in high terrains in Siachen and food dropping is such an expensive problem. They have to drop foot by helicopter. So these soldiers should be now taught this meditation technique so that foot dropping can be stopped. That was the idea of the Defense Research Institute. It was officially said by this uh, Ilagavan, again, and uh, 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 we have tried to stop it. Uh, In a live television program, when this was reported, I was invited and I said, I should be given an opportunity to go along with the other doctors who are studying this thing. The information we need. You cannot make such a claim. Public money cannot be spent like this. So on the program live, I get a phone call I mean, from the hospital. You are welcome tomorrow. Come and join the team. I announce, I have a phone call. Tomorrow I am going. So that became very dramatic. And the next day morning, we tried to go there. Then comes another phone call that uh, we have to get a clearance from the Defense Research Institute. Wait a day and we wait one more day. We call and call, and the televisions meantime people are asking what's the result. So we announced that uh, they are not permitting us, but they said we are not, we will permit, but it takes some time. Of course, it was finally permitted after the whole experiment was over. But we uh, got really our members creeped in this hospital. <laughs> And got a lot of people working there and got a lot of incriminating documents we got from them. One was, there was urine formation in his bladder during this test. And he must have been drinking water very clearly. But another test has shown that the urine has vanished. We First, we released it stage by stage. First, we announced that there was urine. So, f- they cannot refute it because we originally shown the photocopy of the original hospital record. How we got it is still a secret. We cannot tell it. Uh, we, have pe- we had people inside. And uh, then they said, in- then it has vanished. Means simply he has urinated somewhere. Uh, and of course, the whole thing was viewed by a CCTV camera. It should be seen there. So now we got, so then we got an anonymous letter and a copy of the c- CCTV camera clipping somebody sent from the hospital. Very friendly people. And wherein we see that this guy goes out for 10 minutes every 4 or 5 hours and comes back, um, that, that this part when he is going out is not seen in the CCTV camera. I am sure he was going to take a little crunch of foot or a little water or to release some urine or something like that. Anyway, but the doctor has announced a very interesting thing. He said, you know, he cannot be compared with other human beings. The urine formated in his body is recycled into his body. That's an explanation a, a, a doctor gives. And uh, of course, we could not stop it and we could not uh, uh, even get the correct information officially how much money is given to this guy because there is an Information Act in India. We tried to get the information, but we got an answer that the different secrets cannot be given by Information Act. So that's a national defense secret. And uh, anyway, soldiers are still not doing meditation they are getting food even now, but a lot of money has gone anyway. Uh, the whole culture of faith in India has a new color. It is a holy man, namely Satya Sai Baba, about whom I was speaking earlier. Left on him, whom you see is Adal Bihari Vajpayee, one of the prime ministers of India. Right on him with a half beard standing is Babu Naidu, the chief minister of Andhra Pradesh state. And they are... In folded hands in front of him, and here is another person, namely A.P.J. Abdul Kalam. He was a scientist, the first scientist president of India. He was professor of aerospace engineering. Uh, first chancellor of space science and technology, eleventh president of India, and Paratechna. That's the highest civilian award a person can get. Not even all prime ministers and presidents would get it. Only real great people would get it, and he got it. And uh, he was with sai Baba. And when he contested the second time, he wanted to contest the second time, this was a poster which he produced. We simply said that India deserves a more dignified and responsible president. The campaign was quite successful. And uh, no party nominated him. Uh, not only because of things, there were other reasons also. But this was one major reason that... Uh, it looked almost impossible and difficult to get him cleared. He wanted to come unanimously elected by all the parties, being a scientist president. During this function, when he has been visiting such Sai Baba on his birthday, he wrote a poetry and submitted to Sai Baba. Very bad quality poetry, of course. But the content is very interesting. He says that uh, the earth is such a blessed place in this universe because of its magnanimous beauty. And color and all. And this earth, in a big span of space and time, and, and, and uh, uh, is so much blessed at this hour because during our lifetime, Satya Sai Baba is born here. That's the content of the poetry. Um, when he died, this is his body lying down there, and sitting with a turban is the present Prime Minister of India. Dr. Manmohan Singh. And sitting left of him is uh, Sonia Gandhi, the president of the Congress party and uh, the chief of the ruling coalition and a practicing Roman Catholic from Italy. She was born in Italy, married to one of the prime ministers of, uh, I mean, married to one of the sons of a prime minister of India who later becomes prime minister and she becomes very powerful in the political scene. But I don't think Both uh, Manmohan Singh and Sonia Gandhi are real followers of Satya Sai Baba. They have not shown any any indication in that direction. This must be simply because of political expediency. Some people were really devotees of Sai Baba. For example, P.V. Narasimha Rao, another former Prime Minister, was a disciple of Sai Baba. S.D. Sharma, President, was a disciple of Satya Sai Baba. Chief Justice Bhagavad Gita was a disciple of Sai Baba. They all were together in a meeting of, in a, in a birthday of Sathya Sai Baba. And uh, that was the famous uh, day when his miracle was caught right handed by a television camera. A, a memorial was made on that day for Sai Baba. And that uh, was inaugurated. And the architect was given a plaque, uh, I mean, to show the happiness of that Sai Baba. When the plaque is brought, he moves the hand magical move, and then comes a a, a golden chain out of his hand. He gives to the architect, looks impressive. But the television cameraman, when he went back to the studio and played the old times pool, and uh, he found in slow motion that under the plague, he is looking for something, and then he doesn't find and he asks the person who brings it, what was it, where is it, or something like that. He makes a small gesture, He, he shows the other side. He turns, very fast movement, but he turns and something is pasted down and he just plucks it up and shows very fast. And he was completely stunned. He said, all the time rationalists have been telling it. Now I have the proof, tangible proof. He rushed to the station director and said that, oh, I have a great story now. Which That's the prime story which should go now. He said, oh, wonderful. Bring the original it uh, to me. So he back in the, in the studio room, he said, why he has the original one? That has never been asked like that. Normally he would like to see it not to bring the original one. He thought something is going to happen and he made a fast VHS copy and put it in the toilet and brought the original to him. Then he was told that he has consulted Delhi office and Delhi said that should not do this thing because it would hurt religious sentiments. And where is the original? He destroyed it. But the VHS copy found its way out. And of course it raised the right hands, that's our hands. And we made hundreds of copies of it and distributed everywhere. And, but we could not show it publicly anywhere. No television would take it, though the new channels came. But our work was reported by one uh, newspaper in the UK, The Independent, Tim McGirk has made a story about our work. There he mentions about this, uh, this cassette that we have and which we are distributing. And at that time, we have been on, on a road show. A very interesting roadshow we made in 1995. Some 15 members of our association, including me, I was the leader of the team. We decided to go on road to reach people. Means we have we hired a small vehicle. All the 15 people were packed into that thing, and we went to village to village. We planned 18 months, one and a half years. A thousand villages in hundred districts. That was the target. We didn't have much money because it's an enormous task. And uh, the guy who had this old vehicle, he said, you put in petrol, diesel, yes, not petrol. But uh, I don't want money. But any damage you make in the one, you have to repair. It was a very old one. It got every time trouble and we repaired and repaired and we went with it. We went all the way. But initially it looked like a small uh, camp team running with small meetings and all. But it was very, very interesting. Some 200 people we get everywhere. We have a a team of people who would make some drumming and all and attract people. It's it's a funny team. Some people sing songs of promoting science. And then a gathering is there. And uh, then they show the local miracles and give them the the kids. But uh, the the funny little journey suddenly got the national attention. After four, five days, we found that everywhere we reach, the local media comes. And they make a story about our work. And they, they take photographs and it appears in the newspapers. So it suddenly got a lot of attention. So we got more encouragements and we continued and continued. And halfway, I get a telephone call from London. One person named Robert Eagle telephones me and said that I am from London. I have been given an assignment by Channel 4 to make a documentary about your journey. Oh, I was very happy. I said, but you have to come here. He said, yes, I am coming. So where are you? And we gave the location and all. So four days later, he came with a team of six, seven people with cameras and all. They travelled along with us and stayed with us for 15 days and made a documentary which is known as the Guru Busters. (laughs) That was shown in channel 4, uh, in three episodes. Quite an interesting one. I mean, our journey is there where we show a lot of interesting things. Like all the magical feats that are shown in temples. Like some people, you know, put a trident so sharp through their cheek and bring it out. It's everywhere done in temples. So we say that there are no major blood vessels here, and uh, you, but you should not generally do it because you sh- it's not sterilized properly. But in temples, they put a lime on that. I think it's a primary sterilization, but that's not sufficient. We explain all these things, but we take a sterilized small trident. One of our volunteers would really cheek on this and show it. It's done. It's possible. It, and there are, everywhere I got fresh people to ch- pierce their cheek. <laughs> Willing people, I said, no, one need not do it, you know, it's too much, it's taking pain on you. No, I mean, one place we hear that we have done it, next place I get immediately four or five local volunteers come, yes, put on my cheek. (laughs) (laughs) So it's very interesting. They have shown it, how it's pierced into the cheek and cut on the tongue and all. So everything we have shown, that all bizarre things that in temples done, and uh, that has been a major campaign but uh, we have a lot of people. Satya Sai Baba has gone. Now these are the other people, like uh, the hugging saint, left-hand saint, and Baba Ramdev. These are the people who are trying to come in a very big way. And uh, Baba Ramdev was a uh, person who was selling Ayurvedic products on a bicycle 10-15 years back. Now he holds a huge empire of wealth, and he has a television channel of his own, and 24 channels, I think he appears every day morning and preaches his uh, uh, yoga techniques and uh, special cures. Got a lot of money. Recently, he purchased an island in Scotland. There, he starts a new yoga retreat center. And what he does is, these are the special gestures that he makes. You have to hold like this and press too much. And then, you know, you are protected from ailments. Or if you go in the metro in the morning in Delhi, you see that uh, many people above 35 or or 30 years, uh, little graying, will be rubbing their hands like this all the time. You know he <laughs> advocates in the morning television programs that there are special centres here, and if you rub so hard, so many times, you don't get grey. So people simply rub and rub every time. Everywhere you can see such people. Or this position is very famous. You go for the morning walk in in. Uh, in any park in Delhi, so we can see a lot of people holding like this and making very strange sounds. <laughs> and just don't be afraid; they, they just follow it. So Babarab there, <laughs> and uh, but he makes very um, serious claims sometimes. One claim is that uh, you know the fresh leaves of uh, wheat, if you chew regularly and do certain yoga, you're protected from HIV virus. How irresponsible that statement is! How irresponsible. And in many parts of India, still the threat of exposure to HIV virus without, because of ignorance is still prevalent. Another serious offense he made was when H1N1 virus was spreading, the swine flu. Uh, there was a huge campaign by the government to educate people. But he came on his television program and said, it does not hurt you if you do a special mantra and chew a leaf of tulsi that's a special herb which is considered holy chew the tulsi leaf and chant the mantra you're protected what should be done in such a situation i would say that he should be booked under magical remedies act and should be arrested that's my opinion but the next day the delhi government in trucks brought a lot of tulsi leaves and distributed to people free of cost <laughs> and on the left is the lady who is known as the hugging saint or Amma, uh, she is an illiterate lady. She cannot even write her own uh, one sentences in her, mother, in her mother tongue Malayalam properly. Though uh, there was a book, uh, namely the Black Madonna, about her. There, are one page is. Uh, it's a facsimile of her Malayalam handwriting is written. That's my mother tongue. That's why I know that she can make three, four spelling mistakes in three, four words easily. And she is uh, all around the world now celebrated as a woman chief of a religious community, was invited to United Nations, and she was delivering a lecture there in Mariala. Absurd statements, but of course she has translators who make it so proper and make it fine. Even now on a public stage when she speaks, suddenly she may scream or fall on the floor and roll around. That is a problem she started much in childhood. Uh, immediately after puberty, she started it. That's written in her own autobiography, published originally in Malayalam. She had a special problem that he wanted, she wanted to hug people. In India, it's, it's a very repressed society in rural areas. Urban cities have changed. But for example, if you go in a bus in a rural area in many places, especially in Kerala, where she is coming from, if there is an empty seat where only one girl is sitting there and two seats are empty there, and no boy would go and sit there. Because such a kind of segregation is there existing. It's a psychological taboo. And if you sit there, the girl will immediately stand up as if a mistake has happened. In such a society, she, she had a problem that she wanted to hug all boys of her age. And that's written by her. And many people found that this is a little crazy behavior. And her parents thought that she should be taken to a mental hospital. Written by in her own book, by published by her own uh, institution. But of course, it was not done. Sometimes they have sent her to some relative's house. But sometimes she cried and fallen on the floor, floor and cried. Sometimes climbed on the trees and threatened that she would jump down. Lot of complications she made. In the evenings, she would dress up with a cardboard crown and sing songs, telling that she is goddess. And the pictures are there with cardboard crowns, with toy crowns on the head and all. So a lot of, uh, some people would come around her. They would also sing with her. It's a little small club of uh, uh, evening prayers. And uh, suddenly she became very popular in the local area. Because she would just uh, sing songs so loudly and embrace everybody around her and all. I mean, make a lot of hysteric uh, atmosphere. And uh, very soon she got a manager. The manager was a dropout from Sathya Sai Baba's empire. Because he was looking for an easy, uh, I mean, holy person. Sai Baba had a serious problem with these people. Because he controlled all his wealth himself. Very strict he was. He had a trust. The Sathya Sai mission. And there was only one trustee, that was the God himself. The god himself signed all the checks till he was 80 years. He never allowed anybody to touch any checkbook. And when he got problems in moving his hand properly, he allowed other people to sign, of course, but the checkbooks were kept in his custody. And it handled enormously big money. He had um, an aerodrome of his own, to jets to land, um, and uh, he had an airport of his, uh, a, a railway station of his own, universities, hospitals, lot of institutions he had. So uh, Amma follows the, the the same path of Saiba, but the only difference is Amma does not want to sign any checkbook. The others who manage her can sign it. So they are very happy with uh, this lady. She only wants to be celebrated as a god woman. She is very happy and uh, runs around and travels all around Europe. In Scandinavia there have been cues to get hugged by her. And it's taken as a, a new avatar where human touch is there. You know, the feeling of uh, uh, motherhood is given, etc., etc., etc. But uh, what exactly? How it began? Now she's, I mean, quite crossed the middle age. He's, she's fifty-seven years old. But she was in very young. There was a lot of reports which uh, many people have written that the whole hugging has a different touch altogether. Most of the people who are going for the uh, for receiving the hugs surprisingly were men only not much women and the, the complaint was very simple that some people one one person who wrote an article in, in a famous journal he wrote that uh, there is an erotic touch in the whole kissing the embrace has, has a different tone I cannot explain it but I can feel it that must be the attraction he said but we didn't take it very serious at that time we make fun of her claims only but Kushwan Singh a fa- very famous Indian very famous writer. Written so many books in his 90s now. Very respected writer. He is known as an agnostic. <coughs> he has visited her. She was in her 30s at that time. And uh, Kushan Singh wrote a un- wonderful article about her uh, in Sunday magazine. That's the magazine from the Telegraph group. Which uh, And the article, he says he has gone to this lady. Visited her. And... Uh, Till that moment, he never believed in the powers of the holy men and holy woman. Now, he is absolutely convinced that she has a lot of power. Imagine. And a declared agnostic, known to be almost an atheist, has been making fun of all these holy men, including Sathya Sai Baba, says that, uh, yes, he is convinced that she has powers. But the next paragraph he wrote, at 86 years, I could get an erection in two minutes. <laughs> so... How would the Amma cult take it? They started using the first part of Kushan Singh's statement in their advertisements, but not the second part. (laughs) For a long time, Kushan Singh, the great writer, got convinced about Amma's powers. Then the quotation comes that, I have been an agnostic, I have not been believing this thing, but now I know that she has a great power. That part is quoted. That's the level of their campaign works. So uh, this is, you have seen it. Uh, to counter this huge uh, holy man and magic and miracles happening everywhere, we have very humble ways. This is the National Science Centre. I am a resource person of the National Science Centre. There every summer we have a workshop. The workshop is known as Science Behind Miracles. The National Science Centre advertises the newspapers and send communication to schools and children can register for it and uh, they get a training to how to do all these miracles and get a kit to do it back in their home. But I insist on one condition for these students. 300 students in one go are in one workshop, one week training and after that I have two more sessions. There are three three sessions going on. So three weeks I have to spend for this thing. Last year also I have done this. And uh, I would normally say that we give you a kit free of cost. Go back to your home and teach ten more students how it is done. Means when I personally train nine, I mean nine hundred students per year, they would go back and teach at least ten people more. Means nine thousand students are equipped. It multiplies like anything. So that was a very powerful campaign. This is reported all around the world. This is how children are taught how to put fire. You know, in in Hindu temples, a a fire is placed on a vessel, Arati, and that's placed in front of the deity. But some holy men don't use the vessel. They put on their palm straight away and move it. So they are taught how it is done. Or to levitate. This is... uh, National scientist standing behind, is not a holy man but me. (laughs) And the boy is just floating on the air. Can you imagine how it is done? When this was done there, uh, the boy was taught how it is to be done. And the other boys were not, uh, girls were not taught. Uh, First I wanted to show how it is done. This is how some of the holy men would do. The boy was brought and he lied down and a sheet was brought in front of everybody. It was put on him. Then I said, go up. The boy simply goes up. There is no hydraulic machine or anything down. It's just just the center part part of a a, a working area. Then I say, go down and he goes down. Two, three times he can go up like that. And uh, his parents came for this, seeing this thing. And they were so afraid and they screamed of fear. (laughs) The technique was too simple. The boy actually is not floating. He's sitting with legs straight on the floor, sitting on a position like this, and putting the hat like this. And he puts his hand like this and he has two hockey sticks in the hand. That gives an impression that it's a like. leg. <laughs> and the hockey stick is just brought along with the bed sheet and put without public notice. And he is trained to put his hat back properly. That's the only training he needs to give an impression that he is floating. Yeah. And... Uh, we appear in television programs, so many television programs. I have appeared something like more than 1000 television programs in the last 4 years. Almost every year, there are 250 or 300 television programs. Uh, quite regularly, on almost every issue, like uh, uh, on or, or Prime News Server, this, we are not buying any television type, we are invited. These all are dif- different television programs. On satish Sai Baba when he dies, or some Narendra Modi on one side and there is an argument. Or anything I mean, of this sort. There will be discussion on paranormal, about reincarnation. Discussion and discussion. We are very present in Indian television. But sometimes, a different. This is a very famous episode in 2008. Uh, since I have been reaching television programs regularly, uh, in 2008, March, one of the channels uh, said that uh, the ch- former chief minister of Madhya Pradesh state in India, Uma Parthi, made a press conference during the day telling that she, her political opponents are doing black magic on her. Why? She has some eczema on her feet. So she said that's because of black magic. And her uncle died, who was 85 years old and very ill. And she had a small car accident. Nothing happened really. Her hands got trapped in the, in, the, in the door. And she said political opponents are doing black magic and that's to be stopped. And she would do counter black magic to stop it. Everything was announced and the channel made a panel discussion. And this guy who regularly appeared in television programs in tantric uh, counseling was also brought on the other side. And he made a statement very clearly, such things work. And I, have, uh, I am giving counseling to some of the cabinet ministries. I know that I am in mean, this works, and many of them are remaining in power because of my advice. Because the opponents are controlled by black magic. He does not say black magic, tantric vidya. That is a, that's a uh, tantra, is a kind of uh, ritualistic uh, uh, ceremony, and uh, mantras, the formal mantras are chanted in that thing. You are protected, and mainly, a lot of people go to the tantrics not for their welfare but to destroy the competitor enemy. They, they get a lot of money from people. So this guy, he said, such things can work and I can even kill people. I said, how? Uh, when a person's nail or hair, uh, hair is with me and I just touch on a small witch doll, which is, he is calls uh, Attaka Putli, that's the word he uses. It's just witch doll, a small doll is made and it's put on this statue or this small doll, then he curses this uh, doll and put a small threat on the neck and strangulates it. That moment, whose nail is on this thing, he gets problem of breathing. And if he holds it longer, he, he would die, without breathing. And if he puts a nail on the chest of it, he would hit heart attack. That's why unexpectedly many people get heart attack. Tandriks are doing it. Uh, so, I felt hopeless Because, how can I argue with such a person? If he is on a dialogue, I can argue. He says, I have done it, I know. But I thought of trapping him. I thought, Did you ever kill somebody? I asked. I wondered to him, Yes. And then I said, Come on, that's a homicide. And you are, uh, I mean, I thought that. He said, Well, I tried once. The person has fainted. But I have the counter mantra. I've done it and he was reversed. No no point. Then I, I said, Okay, if that's true, you should be able to kill anybody anytime. He said, yes, I can. I said, I, I suddenly it came in my mind that here is a moment I have. I said, you are a fraudster. If you are not a fraudster, kill me right this moment and show people that you can do it. Otherwise, you are a fraud. He said, come on, don't come to big arguments. If I do it, you are dead. I said, do it now, right now. Kill me or you are a fraud. <laughs> so he has only two options, either to kill me or accept that he is a fraud. And I provoked. I am quite good at provoking people sometimes. <laughs> and he was so furious and started chanting mantras on me. And uh, so hard cursings. It starts with bhutti vinasha, means uh, all his intelligence go away completely. And the brain is damaged. And that's, that's how it begins. And then he starts all these mantras, repeatedly bhutti vinasha. That's, that, that I should get crazy first. I don't get crazy very fast. I smile, and I thought there is no way for me to speak also because this is a television live program, live program, not edited recording. Uh, I thought I should communicate mainly through my body language. That was my feeling. I made sarcastic body gestures, make (laughs) a lot of uh, I mean fun at him by making hand movement and my facial expressions because he was loudly chanting mantras. My words would not reach anywhere, and. this went on, this was meant as a half an hour program. But the channel found that the TRP, that's the, the rate of viewership is, can be viewed for advertisement purposes, watched <laughs> meticulously. They found the TRP is growing up and up. People are curious whether the guy would die or not. <laughs> so the TRP went really up, like it crossed 15. It's quite good, 15 is quite good TRP. The channel immediately said the next program is kind of breaking news, will the rationalist die? <laughs> it continues. And he was given 10 more minutes to kill me. And then he said, <laughs> uh, well, I don't die. I make fun at him. And, and then he says, five more minutes. <laughs> it goes. I, I simply, it continues. I, I Periodically, when I get some time, I said, this is all absurd. It's all superstition. Tandra has no power. I make all my possible statements. Then he said, bring a knife. <laughs> So, then I did not lose my humor. Uh, that's, I still remember. I said, but that's a conventional way of killing. <laughs> I said, you, we, this, we are discussing about magical killing. He don't say anything. The knife comes, a sharp one. And uh, he just brings it to my, in front of my face and plays with that thing. And then, gestures <laughs> guess that he's going to stab me. I thought he's completely frustrated. Now, he would just stab me, I thought. I was not afraid of mantra or tantra, but I was really afraid of knife. <laughs> 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 uh, then, of course, he wanted to scare me only. Uh, that's what I understand now. Then he stops it and then come and hold my forehead so heavily and press it so hard. I I remember that he had a stinky smell on his hand because he was sweating so heavily. And uh, he tried to f- press my forehead and to, then I said, T- keep away, keep away. And we are speaking about magic then the anger also tries to push me away, but he tries to physically attack me by holding my head and shaking and all. He's quite a strong man. And after it went on nearly one and a half hours or one hour 45 minutes or something like that, one would die with boredom, you know, in such a situation. And then the channel said, we give you five more minutes and you have to do it within that day. He said, yes. Then he asked me to touch the wheat dough and he make throw some water on me and all these mandras again come. No, it doesn't happen. Then I said, see, it doesn't work. It it can work only for people who are afraid. Then they can straight away faint down. But if you're not afraid and if I can laugh at you, you cannot do that thing. He said, No, I know the reason. You are secretly you are protected by some other gods. <laughs> okay. I I said, I, I smiled and I said, look, I don't believe in these gods, I'm an atheist, very clear. And uh, he was puzzled for a minute, then he said, okay, then the Murtihoma Homa should come. Murtihoma Homa means the ultimate, uh, I mean, killing ceremony. So that is to be done at the burial place only. I have to be brought to a burial place and he has to take wood from the burial ground and some bones also. And all this thing will be put in a, in a, in a small, uh, I mean, haven. Uh, then he would chant mantra and I should sit in front of that thing. So then I, what will happen, I ask him. He said, uh, this is one hour ritual, exactly one hour ritual. And in between there are special nine minutes which I would decide. In this nine minutes, the first three minutes you get crazy. Second three minutes you got unconscious. And third three minutes you die. But this mantra has a special problem. It's not reversible. The other mantra which I've been doing is reversible. I thought you would be falling down and I would take you back. But this is irreversible. Therefore, don't try it. Go back home. I said, do it. No problem. (laughs) (laughs) So I was willing. Uh, Okay. The channel said that uh, the ultimate ritual is coming in the night, 12 o'clock. And uh, okay, now I go back to home to have a little... Supper very fast uh, to last supper. (laughs) Uh, Friends started telephoning me, you know, it's dangerous, he can poison you, they said. Because he may not kill you with mantra but he can use chloroform, bring to your nose and you can fall down or potassium cyanide or there are phosphorus-based poison which can be put on the skin which can go into your body, all lot of dangerous things. So, of course, I didn't think that way because I mean, he has now four hours' time. I was quite prepared for, I have some antidotes prepared with me. If I am poisoned, I have to have to counter it. I had some primary quick education. Mantra would not work, I know. But then the ultimate ritual has happening. And I was asked to sit and he brought five more people. All of them continuously chanted mantras. Then the fire was made, the dough was brought in. Then I was asked to touch it. Then he first uh, abuses for a long time this little doll. Uh, okay, <laughs> all dirty words uh, possible that uh, I could imagine, uh, uh, but but very very sophisticated way he presented it, uh, and then he said the ritual is beginning and he takes a nail straight on the forehead. Then I simply laughed. I said, look, this is crazy. He said, look at the way he smiles. He's already crazy. <laughs> so I, I you know it was he wanted to try to win the people. I, but the channel was making a clear countdown for 60 minutes. It went on, he made mustard, I in show with a lot of mustard poured in the fire. Then he put a lot of herbs and other things, a lot of smoke and sound and smell and everything was very much there. And then he makes a lot of, uh, boils some butter. We call it ghee, the purified butter. And uh, then he takes this doll into that thing to boil me properly. And uh, then he takes it out, then put it in the fire for some minutes. Then then he stops the chest cut it open it then put a lot of red color we call it kumkum kum in that thing, the red color which women would put here and it looks that like my internal organs are going to be degenerated so fast it's a horrifying situation you know it's it's i mean makes a real lot of sound and expression and sounds and all and these people chanting so effectively continuously one can get hypnotized in such a situation very clearly but I was very determined and it went on and on. He burned it, boiled it, he has uh, hit it and then he has uh, I mean, put it in the fire. He has taken it down, hit it with his shoes, everything he tried. <laughs> but uh, I simply survived and then he crumbled the whole thing that I get. My body is completely damaged in an accident or whatever it is. But uh, the, the whole thing is over and I was clapping and standing up. But he don't stop. He would not accept that he has failed. He said, but you will die this night. So I said uh, that I won't accept that thing because if my boy, by a coincidence, if I have a heart attack that night, I would not like to give the credit to you. You said in this nine minutes, I mean, I would die. He said, but see it, tomorrow morning you won't wake up. Very clearly. But I thought, I mean, I should not go in my own car back in the home because somebody can try to kill me. And I put my car and went in another car home, relaxed properly. And uh, morning... uh, Some journalists went to him again. Nothing happened. He is still alive. So then he said three days more. (laughs) Then after three days again, some some journalists have gone. And it has come that he has now said 27 days more. So now it's four years (laughs) past. Someday anyway, I would die. (laughs) So I don't know whether he will still claim that his magic has worked, but he got completely out of business. He had a huge empire built up With huge money, he had two Mercedes cars and with such a small span of time and a huge ashram was coming up. Then we hear that the ashram is not further constructed, no money is coming, it's closed down and he sold the properties, his business is out and why he did such a thing, you know, if he knew that he had no magical powers, he would not have done that thing. Apparently, he really believed that he had powers. Otherwise, he would not have ended up like that. It's over, out of business. But that gave me enormous credence. Uh, especially, the last segment, the television channel, they made huge advertisements for this thing. Will the rationalists survive this night? And watch this night to see what's happening. So, the, the they have also paid advertisements were given in other channels. And uh, the viewership rate was 58% TRP. That's the highest ever in the history of Indian television. <laughs> the whole nation perhaps who would understand Hindi were reading this thing. And the second highest was the last general election. It was some 10 points down than think So that kind of popularity this program had. The channel, of course, has uploaded it. We have also uploaded a, a small edited version of it, four minutes each in three units. That's in YouTube. Millions of people have seen it already. Though it does not have a subtitle, but in, in English... The major stages of, are explained. So after that we are in television very active every day, and this is the ultimate ritual happening. So, it's written, Live. Today everything will happen live. <laughs> so then it's written, Tandrikne Manga Chauda Moka. The Tandrikas asked fourth time time. That's all it's very dramatic, they made it. But... I would just, just fast round up but this is one side of things this is another side the village panchayats in India they are very powerful nowadays caste panjayats if people from two different castes marry each other or if you break the caste laws in your marriage the local panjayat panjayat means a council of elder people they assemble together and they make a verdict to kill the people it's very popular these days. Last year, some 200 people were, were killed like this. Already a, a major uh, movie on this theme is existing. I've personally gone and studied so many cases. It's a very serious problem in India because people don't tolerate if there's a mixed-up marriage. It's taken us more than serious interest. And, and the parents are normally asked to hack the children to death. Sometimes they run away to the, another city. But they are persuaded back that's a normal strategy. Okay, we would allow you, okay, any you started living together, come on, we will formally get you married. Then they are brought, then separated immediately, taken to homes. Then the panchayat decides to kill them. The mother, father of the girl would be asked to kill the daughter. And the father of the, the boy would be asked to kill the boy. Axe to death, hang to death life. All these kind of things are happening. Some pictures are too horrible. I didn't want to show it too much. But another side of India... The, in Rajasthan, there is still child marriage. The child's right. And it's illegal. But it still happens. Periodically, newspapers bring reports. So what's the solution we have? We again target the students, the village schools. Even government of India has a target to reach out the village schools. Girls are dropped out in schools. Most of them don't study higher up. The, the the, the proportion of girl students and male students are so d- different. Also, there is a serious question of uh, female foeticide in India because of the dowry system and the social evil. In states like Punjab, there are only 70 girls for 100 boys now. They are just killed either in childhood or in early uh, pregnancy. So, we try to target the change of India with education, with television programs, with literature. That's the way we try to do it. That's the Indian reality. But uh, things are not that easy. When we try to do that thing, sometimes things are very, very complicated. Uh, I I would just come to another uh, small video to show the, the Mumbai case. This is, I mean, I'm coming to a conclusion. This is a crucifix in Mumbai. Last year, this crucifix in Mumbai started dripping water. People said that uh, uh, it's a miracle because Jesus is weeping. And they started collecting water from the feet of it. There was droplets of water coming. Some 50, 60 drops every minute was coming. It looked very strange because this is not touching anywhere. It's an independently standing uh, crucifix. And uh, when I went there on on last uh, March 10th, uh, there was a prayer going on and the collected water was given to people to drink. Again, like the uh, other water in the sea, people have been drinking this water in spoonfuls. And after some request, I've been permitted to watch the area and I found that there is a lot of algae behind this (laughs) wall. There is a lot of water presence there. And at least one week there was water down, otherwise it won't be that much water there. Then I went to the other side. There was also algae on this thing, and the statue you can see there. So then I looked behind and found a small toilet there. Inside the, the, the church premises there was a toilet, and there was a water tank at the top. And... Then I went through the pipeline where it was going and I reached this place. Here, this was covered with a stone and I removed it. And when I opened it, it was really dirty, clogged water. Toilet water. Because it was blocked somewhere and because of this blockage, since water cannot go down further, it climbs through small pores up, capillary action. So it has climbed through the wall, the cement walls. That is why it was wet on this side and the other side, and just one half a feet ahead, the cement base of the statue was there, and it was climbing through that also very clearly. It was wet. So then I went close to this uh, feet again. So I touched above the, the... There is a nail you can see. And above the nail I touched. It was not wet there. But on the nail it was wet, and under the nail it was wet. Means there is some water trapped in this cross, which was coming through the nail and coming down. It was not coming from the eyes. That was my primary observation. So when I touched the nail, it was quite wet and I tried to smell it. Got the same smell which I had when I opened this thing. So I was very clear about this thing, but I did not really tell the people what was happening because I thought that can provoke people. I went out. They insisted. But this, this guy sitting with the face set down is the priest of the church. I told him. This is toilet water. And he is sitting like that and I, they wanted me to explain it to the people. I said, I would not. Now I have to go back to my hotel room. I have to study it. I would come back in the television program, what it is. And uh, I, of course, I did the wa- reason was I didn't want to provoke them. But in the evening television program, the church insists that there should be five representatives from the church to counter me. So it's a television program wherein I got uh, ten minutes to explain it, where I explain it Systematically with pictures and I mean uh, charts and everything properly, and I was very convincing in this explanation. I am sure of it because the next day, till this day, every day on an average there were thousand people. Next day, there was nobody to, to collect this water because nobody wanted to have toilet water. But during the discussion, the five people defended the miracle so heavily, but I was convincing perhaps halfway the Bishop of Mumbai wanted to be in the discussion. The Bishop comes on a phone line and he argues very strangely, not in defense of the miracle, but about my approach. He said, I am ignorant. I said, so far I heard everybody is a sinner, That uh, that everybody is an ignorant person is something that I knew, made a little joke about him. And then he said, uh, why I am ignorant? Because he said the Catholic Church has been responsible for the scientific growth in Europe. I asked him how. I was so shocked. <laughs> he said we had a Pontifical Scientific Institute that has brought in science, and that's why we have scientific progress. And you speak about science, we are responsible for it. <laughs> I laughed so loudly, and uh, I mean he, later he saw that that's a very sarcastic, I mean laugh that I made, and he was felt very offended by that thing, of course. I said I would not answer your comment, but I would bring two witnesses invoked from history. One would be Giordano Bruno, whom you have burnt in a city square 400 years back. The other would be Galileo Galilei, who was in jail for 12 years for something you would not accept as per Bible understanding. You know what the bishop said? Do you know what Galileo did at the end? He has apologized for the mistake. You have to apologize too. <laughs> he argued, uh, "This was the bishop who made this very strange statement." Um, so the, the discussion went on further, and it went on on miracle mongering of the church. I said, "There are there is a there is a basic nature of Catholic Church is promoting miracle mongering, because uh, every saint needs two miracles attributed to make become a saint." Mother Teresa, for example, was not made a saint because of the wonderful work as per their perspective that she has done in uh, the Galatas of Calcutta. Of course, I mentioned that I know about the difference of opinion like Christopher Hitchens has said about it, but you did not still make her a, a saint because of this work, but because a lady, a tribal lady has put a picture of Mother Teresa on her stomach and prayed and her tumor has vanished. That's why she was made a saint. I said, isn't it irresponsible? I know for sure that this lady had a surgery one month back. And that's why she was... The argument went on. The bishop threatens me in the program that uh, you would face dire consequences. I agree that if you can... I mean, five people and the bishop cannot answer my questions. And if you cannot convince me on a dialogue, I mean, you can still go for a defamation case, I said. But they didn't go for a defamation case. They took a low back... F- from 1860, which was dormant, which was not used for a long time, this particular law of uh, Indian Blasphemy Law, 295A, says that the police officer in charge has unbridled rights to decide to arrest a person or not. No court is required. Without an arrest warrant, he can do that. thing. And uh, it's 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 a very primitive law. If anybody makes a complaint... That with malicious intention, he has damaged the, uh, the faith of people. He can be arrested without an arrest warrant. It's cognizable, means no requirement of court interference. And it's unbailable. I don't get a bail. My lawyers said, uh, I didn't take it really serious, but my lawyers said, don't take it light, go for an anticipatory bail. You can go that thing. So if I'm arrested, I don't have a bail. But before arrest, I, I can go for an anticipatory bail. It's a, it's a time fight. So my lawyers move very fast for an anticipatory Delhi High Court says, go to Mumbai. Uh, the, the lawyers from the church come and advise these people. Then we tried to move. Then the, it was, once it was denied, the lawyers said, though I don't want to advise that thing, I, I have to say only one thing. We want time till you get arrested. You should not get arrested. Then we have no way. So if it's possible, go underground it was so difficult for me because i am known by everybody in the country still i went underground i went to a friend's house but i cannot remain like that you know the television channels have been calling me i went to 20 television programs in 6 i mean 60 days of underground and appeared and explained this case their life in many places sometimes fake life which was given earlier but the mumbai high court again denies my bail application telling that i should go to lower court get a bail from the lower court, um, if they deny it, we will give it, they say, So there was no point, because it was summer vacation. The lower court won't take a case now. It takes time. So I decided to go fast out of the country, till my, by the time my lawyers get me an anticipatory bail. I, it was a very dramatic scene. I mean, I got hardly something like 16 hours, including to get a visa. It, everything worked very fast. Four hours, I got a visa. That night, I flew off, and there was uh, an informal request from Mumbai police to stop me at airports. Though illegal request, I passed through that thing. That's all. I will write in a book very soon coming up how I escape India, and (laughs) and uh, then, yeah, in uh, next day noon, I'm in Finland, and then I go to Poland travel all around in Poland, the the only country where Catholic church is growing very fast. I went to the birthplace of Pope John Paul II and explained the behavior of church there. While in Poland, I hear that the police was already at my home to arrest me. They got already an arrest warrant before we could reach. So it's a a very strange situation now that if I go back to India, the moment I land there, I will be arrested. And... uh, we have so many possibilities that we, we are pressing the church to feel ashamed and stop it at one side. The television channels are so active in India. They are bringing out a lot of programs. They brought the bishop and pre, I mean all these people on the discussion program. They say that convicted or not, we want him in jail for at least one day. That's the argument they have. They don't want to convict me. They don't want to get justice if there is injustice. But they want to see me in jail. One of their blogs have a, a discussion going on Somebody says that uh, we should get him in jail for one night at least and pass over a knife to a co-prisoner and enough money. Such things are discussed. So I decided it's not very wise to get arrested. So uh, so I'm in Europe now, traveling all around. I've been in Spain, I've been in Poland, I've been in uh, Ireland. I don't stop. In Ireland, I've exposed the moving Mary of Baton's Pittle and appeared in the television there there is a move Mary always moving from 1960 onwards and uh, it's a miracle there, very famous miracle. I've gone there with a small laser point and put on a tripod on the nose of Mary and recorded for three hours and shown that it's not moving but the bushes around that is moving in wind and it's an optical illusion. So I in appear in, in Ireland and explain this miracle there. Of course there is a new blasphemy law in Ireland, I mean in this, in this century, So I keep on going and uh, Next month, no, not next month, in May, I go to Latin America, including Argentina. <laughs> and I keep on going. So some people ask me, isn't it a dangerous game that you do? Isn't it a dare act which can end up in a killing of your, assassination or whatever it is? I said, I'm not afraid. You cannot die two times. And I want to real, live my real life in full force till I can do that. And... I said that. thing. I don't believe that Jesus ever resurrected. I don't believe that story. But if I am killed, I will resurrect. <laughs> but not as me, but as thousands of young students who, whom I have educated. And they will continue this work. And they will make it success. Thank you very much.